Okay, another episode. Another episode. Episode number unclassified. Um, stop counting. I was going to check before I did this podcast, and I didn't. So um, it probably comes up with a number next to it. I don't need to be telling you what number it is. And to be honest, I don't know why uh, it's relevant. Um, unless you categorise in all of this uh, random rubbish, then uh, we don't really need to start labelling it in a coded way. Um, because you're hardly going to sift through the archives one day to see what you can find. Um, so let's just call it a new episode. Unless you listen to this again by accident, then it's the new episode that is now old to you. Um, I just left IKEA. Uh, everybody loves IKEA. Uh, I I personally love how they use real psychology to uh, confuse you and genuinely make you buy things that you don't need. Um, you're kind of subjected to this kind of weird uh, labyrinth level, kind of Greek myth, Greek myth. It's kind of out of Greek mythology, this kind of labyrinth of just constant walking past things. Um, and it kind of grinds you down. Uh, you just kind of slowly, slow, and then you think you're at the end. And they're like, no, now you've got to go to the market hall. You've walked through all the lovely setup areas. Now it's the market hall. So you go to the market hall. You go. Now it's the end. Now I'm free. But it's not. The next step is the whole area with the boxes where you've got to find a code and find the right box. And then you go. Well, that's it. I'm free. But you're not because only two tills are open. And now you have to queue for a fair chunk of your life uh, to basically pay for everything you don't need or don't want. Um, but I do like IKEA. Um, I, I, I like I like the stuff. You know, furniture breaks when you've got five. I'm gonna say five kids. We're a family of five. We've got three kids and a large dog who sheds fur and slobbers. So, you know, we're pretty hard wearing on furniture. More hard wearing than your average family. And because of that, it's kind of a necessity to get disposable furniture. Uh, we did start initially investing in decent furniture. Um, but that was just traumatic when you've spent a lot of money on a, a piece of furniture and it gets destroyed. Whereas if you bought it from Ikea, you just don't give a shit. You really don't. As much as you don't want your, your, kind of, your, your furniture to get smashed up. Um, if a $30 bookcase uh, gets drawn on it with crayon and gets climbed and smashed to pieces and scratched and has dog slobber on it, I'm not going to lose any sleep. Uh, so yeah, it has its uses. Um, and I make a list, or my wife gives me a list before I go, and I stick to the list. Um, I wear dark glasses so that the light doesn't dazzle me. Um, and it limits my vision so that I'm less seduced by the subconscious bombardment of confusing layout, bright lights and weird names and I just stay focused on the list I put a podcast uh, on with my headphones and I just do my own thing and stick to the list I nearly bought a coffee percolator uh, but I didn't because I will never use it um, I don't percolate coffee um, and I don't know what 
I don't know what point in my life I would begin percolating coffee, so I dodged that bullet. I'm very proud of myself. Um, there was quite an embarrassing situation that I relive on a regular basis, and it basically involves uh, breezes, car parks, and pieces of paper or light objects that are easily moved by the wind. Uh, and it's just a comp, it just seems to happen to me every single time. Uh, I open a car door, something blows out, uh, or a receipt shoots out my pocket and I've got to chase it. So on this occasion I'd gone to dump all of the furniture I bought in the car and go back into the, uh, for some reason some furniture you can pick up yourself, but other furniture you can't. And nobody knows why, because it's, it's, it's the same size and shape as the furniture you can pick yourself, but then you have to go to a member of staff and get them to get give you a piece of paper to pay for it and then you have to go somewhere else to pick that up um, and there's no reason it's kind of like an exciting lottery of whether you'll be able to pick your own furniture or whether you'll have to get a piece of paper before you pick up that furniture um, I kind of oversell it as a, as a, as a, as a lottery um, it's more of a kind of oh god ask a member of staff and then they print the piece of paper out and they're always friendly but it just feels like a needless step and one more barrier to uh, having a hassle-free existence which uh, I think we all want I just bumped over a, a thing you can probably hear some of the furniture moving so that's a interesting new soundscape um, so yeah I uh, moved a box and I'd wedged the receipt under this box and the receipt instantly blew away and I needed it to go back in to pick up my self-serve uh, furniture at the pickup point. Uh, and I start, oh God, another train track. Uh, another uh, kind of moment where I began chasing it, but I was kind of half hunched over because I couldn't decide whether to pick it up with my hands or put my foot on it first. Uh, and every time I, I kind of went with one of those options, it was always the wrong option. I either lean to lean in and just miss it, and would have been if I put my foot down, I would have caught it. And then when I tried to put my foot down, uh, that doesn't work either. So I did this pretty much the length of the car park, um, with the car wide open and furniture everywhere. And yeah, just it was a, it was a bit of spontaneous exercise. Um, I was swearing loudly. Um, I had uh, podcasting, so I was probably swearing louder. I'm one of those people who talks incredibly loud when I've got headphones in. I'm incredibly loud when I don't have headphones in. Um, I've kind of not quite got a, a bellow. Um, if you're not familiar with him, Google the actor Brian Blessed. Um, I love his voice. Uh, I wish I had a bellow like uh, Brian Blessed. Um, if you remember the classic Flash Gordon film. Uh, from the the 70s or the 80s, but I, rem I remember watching it as a kid. Um, if you remember that film, then um, he was one of the winged angel men. Uh, and he's the one who says the famous line, Gordon's alive! And I don't know whether that was a good impression or not. Um, I tend to be tone deaf when it comes to impressions. Um, to me it sounds good, but to other people it probably sounds really shit. But uh, feel free to email me or tweet me on the email address and Twitter handle I don't know to uh, tell me what you think because your opinion really matters whoever you are if you're one of the four people listening to this then uh, yeah great and 
add another person favorite to the podcast. So two people's favorites, but I don't know whether it's people speculating their own favorites in return for favoriting. Um, if it is, then um, that won't work with me. I'm not engaged enough in the entire process to uh, to follow through on that. And if it wasn't, then I'm I'm glad that I'm one of your favorites. Uh, I don't know why I'm not your favorite. Um, maybe I am, maybe I'm being judgmental, but I'm probably guessing I'm just maybe one of, um, or neither of those, if it was speculating. Um, I had a crazy, crazy week. Lots of stuff going on uh, that I won't go into, but just some, fam- some mini family crises. Um, and it's been a bit weird, but uh, this trip to Ikea is a nice dose of normality brings you back down to earth um, and oh that was the other thing that happened in Ikea um, I couldn't find a rug I was looking for and I was looking around for a long time and as a, an act of admission that I had failed I asked a member of staff for help which I don't like to do I like to stand on my own two feet and do things for myself and um, submitting to the will uh, of uh, one of the assistants who are busy you know they don't need a Welsh man coming up to them and asking them where a rug is they've got a shelves to stack and point of sale prices to put out and pillows to fluff and all the other things that you do working in Ikea I don't know I've never worked there but um, I assume there's more to the role than that but that is all I can think of off the top of my head but uh, so I approached this uh, young lady and I started talking to her, I said, hello, I'm looking for a rug. And just as I was about to give her a visual description, I spotted it literally uh, just over her shoulder, about 20 yards behind. I went, don't worry, I've just spotted it. And I kind of dashed off and she went, no problem, uh, see how helpful we are. Uh, t- try to take credit for standing in the direct line of sight of the thing I was looking for, which uh, maybe, maybe she'd lined that up. Um, it would have taken a lot of planning, a lot of forethought. Um, maybe she observed me looking around for a while and positioned herself. Um, but either it was just a coincidence and she was joking, which is what I'm thinking might have happened, or there's some kind of really elaborate scheme in IKEA to make you think that their intuitive sales staff are the best in the business and they can help you before you even know you need help and solve your problem without you even having to tell you, tell them what the problem is. Um, and they're watching through cameras and engineering these situations like a kind of uh, David Blaine scenario. Uh, thinking about it, it's, it's, it's way too elaborate. Um, I think their business plan is more focused on, hey, it's cheap. Uh, it's cheap because you build it and we don't. Uh, so here's the business model buy it in a box, you build it, we'll keep our prices low. Uh, I don't think it's around the realm of uh, trying to convince the customer that the salesperson is a magician. Uh, although that, if you've ever been to Hamleys in London and they do have magicians in there, I would say it works. Uh, they demonstrate magic tricks. Um, I remember going to Old Town Orlando um, I don't know, I mean, you know, if you're talking about Old Town, Orlando, 
Um, I'm guessing that they define old as anything built pre-1985. So we were in uh, uh, pre-1985 Orlando and uh, there was a magician and he was doing some tricks and selling tricks and he was had my dad as a volunteer and nobody noticed but he'd removed my dad's watch uh, and we all laughed and he gave it back to him but it made me think that you know there's a good chance he was also using his powers for evil uh, he could have easily swiped everyone's watches and we would all still have been laughing at his amazing tricks so it makes me wonder about uh, what skill sets some people have and uh, how convincing they are at making you just fall for stuff and remove things that you own in front of your eyes and you just don't realize um, it's quite scary but anyway we had a great time uh, we went into a ghost house i was about eight and um a man dressed as a werewolf in a cage jumped out and the fight the flight or fright response just kicked in in a way that i couldn't I didn't even consciously make a decision and I just sprinted straight past him um, through four or five other rooms that we were waiting to go in as part of this horror little tour past like a vampire, a mummy, um, a zombie eating another man's face um, but it was a blur, I just literally sprinted straight through it and then just stopped when I appeared outside the exit looking at my parents um, and uh, then I kind of consciously regained control of my own body uh, and cried and had horrible nightmares for quite a while but you know we were with some friends and they had kids and they were like tough sporty kids I was a weird kid who had one of those dog leads with a wire in the middle that made it look like you had an invisible dog and I'd walk around with it so um, I was I really had to try to keep up just to not look weird just to be socially acceptable amongst other children and uh, failed miserably. So, you probably imagine the kind of kid I was. I probably don't need to go on and describe some of the mild obsessions I had and weird choices I made in terms of fashion, hobbies, and general lifestyle choices. But, yeah. Uh, and of course, that all just disappeared when I hit puberty and um, I had a new set of priorities. Um, and when I say a new set of priorities, I mean a new priority. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, stop being as weird. Oh, I'm still, I think I'm, uh, I do sometimes think that I have quirks. Um, I don't want to be a kind of person who tries to be quirky. You know, uh, I don't wear like Victorian clothes, for instance, or I don't have like a curled moustache. Um, uh, I'm not uh, a kind of weird diet person. Uh, I mean, I don't eat red meat. I love red meat. I don't eat red meat, but that's not some kind of political, ethical choice. I just, I literally shit blood uh, if I eat red meat, and it's not very nice for anyone. I want to say anyone. I don't show people. I just mean me. Um, it's not very nice for me. Um, it's terrifying, in fact, you know, nobody likes to uh, see that happen. Um, but enough about my uh, digestive system. I probably ruined it with all the Guinness I drank when I was a, a teenager and in my early 20s. But um, I don't know whether Guinness does that. Um, but something's not right. 
Uh, I've been to the doctors and they just said, well, if don't eat red meat doesn't work, if that didn't make any sense, sorry. If re not eating red meat works, then don't eat red meat. And I don't. So, and now I'm fine. Uh, so yeah, in conclusion, Ikea, shopping, receipt, anal blood. Uh, and I bid you good night.